Hello. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. <laughs> How was your day today? Good. I didn't do much. Oh, you're in full holiday mode. Yeah, I'm cruising. So you look very zen out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the complete opposite of me. Yeah. Meant yeah. to have a mural this week, but we got rained out, so I've just been chilling out till January, really. Yeah, nice. Just doing faith, living yep. your best life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. So what shall we chat about today? Let's talk about how we met because yeah. I think recently um, I did the PCYC mural in Turner. Yeah. And that was like a thank you artwork to you. Oh. And I think a lot of people like really resonated with that. And um, I think it would be nice to share like the specific reasons why I painted that, you know? Yeah. Um, so I met like Sancho when I was 15 years old, back when she had the chop shop. Just a little jelly bean. Just a little bean. <laughs> yeah. And I had a friend that was like in year 12 and he was in the exhibition and he was like, Faith, I'll talk to Sancho. I'll get you a spot in it. And oh, who was the friend again? Oh, uh, do you remember Duds? Memory. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so Duds was like, I'll get you a spot. And I was like, oh, my God, that will be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we ended up um getting a, getting a piece there and... I remember being like so nervous to introduce myself to you. I was yeah. like, this is Sancho. <laughs> oh my God, she has tattoos. That's so cool. <laughs> and I was like, can I paint in your wall? And you're like, yeah, here's some paint. And it was, it was so good. But um, yeah, I that just stands out so much to me because I just remember seeing like one person go over and like look at some pieces that I had up there and everyone else mm. was kind of chatting and drinking beer but like one person went up and had a squiz yeah and I remember thinking oh my god like this is what I want my life to be this is like yeah. the start of the rest of my life and it like fully made me emotional and Aww. I was just like oh my god someone's like interested and excited or in what you know, you're making in what I'm making and yeah, it just blew yeah. my mind that that was a thing, a thing. yeah yeah <sighs> so um yeah, yeah, you gave me that opportunity. Aww. And then many others. That's so cute. Yeah. I just remember you and your friends always hanging out in the alleyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, are they trying to sneak into the bar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just trying to sneak into the art scene. Just low key. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I was blown away by that mural. Um, it was very emotional, like seeing it in real life, because it's just like this giant floating head. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a really, really lovely gesture. I, yeah, I was just blown away. Yeah. I think it's long overdue. I'm surprised that no one has done a piece like this sooner. You know, um, and I think a lot of people have had like ideas to and like wanted to, but I was yeah. just like, oh yeah, Claim this it. is like a perfect <laughs> opportunity to actually like execute. Yeah, and you've immortalized the moulet. Yes, <laughs> your shwinkiest <laughs> hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And that was all freehand too. You didn't use any projectors to scale. And yeah. I think it was, what, over two days? Yeah, two days. Yeah. And I didn't even have a scissor lift for the first day. So I ended up just like scaling the ladders and just being like up and down the whole time. And and um, and then on the second day I had the scissor for a bit so I was able to actually like get most of it done. But yeah. 
a lot of a lot of the guys were like really impressed by like how quickly I did it. Yeah, and it's um, quite physical. And even in yeah. those conditions, like that particular wall was just like constant it was hot, sun. hot, yeah. hot, hot, <laughs> hot, steamy swan. Yeah, it was kind of good though. You know, it was kind of like being in a life or death situation, and I was like yeah. on the brink of of like survival, just like yeah. drinking wa- like water by the gallon and just trying to like get it done. Yeah. I kind of like like the um the state your body goes into when you're like a bit stressed and a yeah. bit like I guess it's like the adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. You just get into a flow. But that's for the sure. zone as well. Like yeah. talking to a lot of the other painter guys, it's like you hit that sweet spot where you're like a bit tired, a bit hungry, but driven to get it done. Yeah. No the quickest possible completely. amount of time. I lose yeah. my appetite when I paint. I can just yeah. paint for like twelve hours straight and just keep going. So I, to- I totally get that. It's like a flow state and you're just like wired. And yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> so how did this PCYC, the larger project, come about? Um, I think I organised that, didn't you? Yeah, so I think it originated from um, Lisa Petherham, the graffiti management coordinator. So I think she got approached um, by one of the directors of the PCYC. I think that building has been abandoned for the last six years or so. Mm. And they've had people squatting in it, people tagging it. Um, I mean, it still looked cool in its own way before this burst of colour came along. Like it was kind of like this um, monolith of urban decay, I guess. And it was yeah. kind of cool just to see how people interacted with it. Yeah. And I, But I think on the other side of that argument, like I guess it's property damage. That's what how the PCYC saw it. So I think they engaged with Lisa to try and um, get some people together um to cover it with art top to bottom um so I guess because it's right across from a seniors club as well and there's like I guess a lot of families living in the area so I guess they just wanted something a bit more like I guess pleasant to look at Mm. um there's also a lot of graffiti on the inside of that building as well yeah it's actually really cool on the inside some just some old old Canberra names in there too I never got to see it myself when I was like 15. Like one of my friends had kind of like broken in and like yeah. sussed it out and took heaps of cool photos. I was like, I want to go yeah. in there. And we like tried to like pry open this board for like ages and then someone came over. He was like, you know, there's asbestos in there. And we are like, <laughs> oh, true way, probably shouldn't go in. Yeah. I just kind of wandered off. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. like, ugh, like, you know, like a like yeah. cats. <laughs> like, we're, oh. tr- we're trying to get access. <laughs> Um, just before the project started, just so we could capture some of that internal content because I yeah. thought it would have been really cool to document the inside of it so you could show, like, the transformation and the juxtaposition of the different styles. And also, like you said, there's a lot of Canberra history. Like, I think there's an Abyss piece in there. There's Swerfk. There's um, a lot of Sly Crew pieces mm-hmm. and just, like, kind of little little kids breaking in and doing their thing and yep. it's all part of it like yeah. it's all part of the fabric of the history of that building yeah so yeah maybe we can maybe one day we'll be able to get access inside and we can show that before it gets demolished or yeah whatnot yeah. I think it's important to still like have that um space for kids to like you know be rebellious and play yeah. and like get involved in like that sort of thing as well and um, it should still be like encouraged. Yeah, hundred sure. percent. That's how a lot of kids start out doing like straight out and graffiti and like yeah, you know. So was how a lot of like prolific like writers and artists start out. Yeah, and then it's that urge to keep like growing and evolving 
from that mm. and I guess forming your own flavor. Mm. Yeah, hopefully it's the How start. How do many. you think like the gentrification of different like um, urban areas in Canberra has like contributed to that like acceptance or non acceptance of like graffiti? Of graffiti yeah. Um, I think like anywhere in Australia, um, there's like a natural life cycle of urban decay. Um, and I think it's just more, I guess, like gentrification is just more noticeable in Canberra because we're so small. Yeah, true. Um, it's more noticeable. Um, it's more concentrated. And I mean, Canberra's always been a planned city. Um, yeah, that's true. But I just, I guess I just, I get, I fear that we'll become overcooked <laughs> and we'll lose the, the like spontaneous and like, you know, the blueprint of the actual people that live here if we keep trying to like clean up and appropriate spaces yeah and then you kind of end up pushing these people out and they move elsewhere where they can go be free creatively free yeah yeah like even the hamlet which was like a really cool um like food van hub you know and that like had a lot of like local businesses and stuff and that's like knocked down for development now yeah and Degenerate and six was in a temporary space, and the chop shop was like a converted mechanics. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of cycling that that happens, and yeah, like with how trendy Braddon has gotten, it's like, you know, there's like not a lot of space for that anymore. And I just it's like this weird push pull at the moment. Yeah, because well, because they recently made the Braddon street art map as well. Yeah, um, yeah, made that, which is like celebrating the the street art that's in the area. Yeah, but and only specifically one type. Like, yeah. that's what I noticed when I read the map. It was, it made a specific point of like disregarding, like tags and throwies and like what they deemed like vandalism. Yeah, um, in preference for like, I guess more image image based works. And yeah. I was kind of like, well, there's still like merit and creativity in the aforementioned it's just that I don't I felt like it was like one group's opinion of what is and isn't street art yeah it was a bit it's a bit exclusive yeah. yeah I think this is something like we discuss outside of podcasts quite a lot <laughs> as well is um the lines that are drawn between uh graffiti and street art and how it's like not really reflecting the history or like the culture the the culture and the community the evolution of the culture yeah 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 but that's always gonna it happens like in anything like I'm sure it happens in like skateboarding for example and how it's now like an olympic sport there are some people who are going to be you know celebrating that and others who are like that's true it's devolving or it's evolving in the wrong direction like that's true well graffiti was I guess always like anti-establishment and yeah um, by it being so accepted now by mainstream culture, it becomes like poor establishment, pop culture, yeah. and, like edgy, but in in a commodified way. Yeah. But yeah. then on the other hand of that, it's giving people like me a job and yeah. like a viable career path, whereas there wasn't a space for that before. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting, yeah, interesting idea. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can only really do you, hey. Like, that's how I see it. It's the same with the shop. Like, when I first started the shop um, and I started selling spray paint, because I'm not a graffiti artist. I'm more of an illustrator, but I've always been fascinated and really into it. And I like 
I like the idea of the adrenaline rush. I like the like impermanency of it. I like the meritocracy of it that like no one really gets to decide what is and isn't. You've just got to kind of keep up with the pace um, mm. to make it last and you've got to be prolific and you got to evolve your skill. you got to find good spots. you got to grow your style. And that's what I really liked about it was kind of like for the people, by the people. Mm. Um, and I think when even when I opened up my store, people were like, who the fuck is Sancho? <laughs> and it's kind of like, where is she coming from? Why is she like appropriating this? Um, and even that was met with a bit of like by like some people within the community. Yeah. And I think I just resonated, like my store naturally just gravitated towards street artists because everyone's just like friendly <laughs> mm. and they're all just like, I guess more females tend to gravitate towards street art and then me being a female myself you just kind of vibe easier 100%. with fellow females yeah, yeah. And it's only more recently now that I'm getting a real insight into the history of Canberra graph the people involved in it and it's it's really cool and I think more people are kind of coming out and being part of the dialogue with these um government funded projects and putting yeah, their like hands the up squash court project yeah that yeah that really one was really cool, cool. yeah that was fascinating to me. Yeah, because yeah. I actually didn't know the history. Like, I yeah. pretty much grew up in Woden. Yeah. But I would have been, like, in kindergarten or year one when that was kind of like a spot where, like, teenagers hung out. So I guess I kind of just missed yeah. that, even though I was always at Woden Plaza. <laughs> I was just never allowed <laughs> to go hang out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, my dad had a shop in the plaza. So, like, school holidays we would just, like, hang out there and, like, help him and stuff like that. And then we'd always go to like time zone. I don't know. You probably don't remember time zone. Is that like um, like an arcade thing? Yeah. So it was yeah. like before intensity. Yep. And there was like <laughs> cosmopolitan twin cinemas and like movie tickets were only like $2. Man, was I was like, north side. Yeah. So I never had <laughs> Belco Mall was my home turf. Yeah. Okay. Rivals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so tell me about I was both equally like excited and sad to hear about um scholarship. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, it's just like Canberra <laughs> loses another <laughs> which like Not for long though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not for long. Um yeah. I I won uh the Westpac Asian Exchange scholarship like at the start of the year mm. and I was going to go to Kyoto in Japan yeah, and like go there for five months and it's all funded and just have like the best time of my life. But, yeah. Um, I'm hopefully going in 2022 instead. Yeah. Um, I feel weird posting stuff about that because it's kind of like, oh, look at me. Dude. Mm. Own it. Yeah, I, I would just, flex that shit. Like. Oh man, I, I, it feels too like showy and like look at me. But um, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, especially in the current the way the current state of affairs in the world is, it feels weird. Yeah, I was like, people be, are suffering, and I'm yeah. like, you know, complaining about not going to exchange. I was like, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. I'll still be able to go. Like, if a vaccine rolls out and it, you know all goes well, so should be all good. It kind of means I can like do my last year of uni next year and cruise through it and yeah. just like really focus on the art that I'm making, which I'm really excited about because otherwise I was going to be doing four units and just like flogging myself really. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's kind of spaced out a little bit more. But I guess what was really like humbling about that was here is like an institution, a bank, yeah, Westpac, who is looking at what I'm doing and saying – 
yep, we think you should be funded to go on exchange and just like learn and like do your thing. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily doing a super academic like degree. I'm doing sociology and painting. So it's just like middle range arts degree and then visual arts, which you don't even need an ATAR for. So I was like so like flawed that I got chosen because, you know, I'm a smart person, but I I, they would choose like a economics and law, you, you know, double yeah. major sort of like entrepreneur type person. It was my assumption. Yeah. So yeah. them choosing me was like, was oh. there criteria? Like, was it was the criteria directed towards a specific industry, or was it kind of like an open, like an emerging development? It was scheme? like for like um, innovative people and like um, individuals who are doing things in their community and like some of it was like academic merit and some of it was like being a leader in your community and and being involved and so we just um had like a an interview just online and we had like a minute to answer each question like on the clock and like uh, two minutes to read and then a minute to answer Mm. so I had to like just 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 talk my brain would have just melted yeah <laughs> it was full and I just had to make myself like dot points and be like duh, 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 and yeah, yeah it was fine but um yeah it, it was okay because I'm kind of used to like speaking under pressure yeah and um but yeah they must have liked my work and they made me like a little a little cartoon that was like faith the like super cool Aww. artist <laughs> and it was just it was just awesome that like something such a such a prolific sort of institution saw what I was doing and like believed in it and that was just amazing blew my mind yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and same same with the TED talk that I just did recently as well like a very 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 similar feeling with that you look so professional that I'm just like because you'll forever be the girl that hung out in the chop shop alleyway (laughs) to me (laughs) and then like to see you on the stage like evolved into this like power woman I was like whoa that's so Go nice. Get it. That's so <laughs> nice. I just had a little like emotional moment. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, I see well, I see you as like a shop grow, yeah. a shop child. I just have these shop little shop children that oh, there I am. They're so professional. <laughs> Look at that. You've just you've seen me grow. Like you've literally seen like my career evolve, mm. which is just awesome. But yeah, got this shwinky outfit on and it was really interesting because I have photos from when I was like rehearsing the speech and when I was actually performing it and the difference in my body language is insane like when I was rehearsing I was kind of like more casual and like yeah. kind of <laughs> chilling out and just saying like talking more um relaxed but then here my body language is so like confident and calm and like in control and just yeah. like and I don't remember my speech at all. Like I completely blacked yeah. out as soon as I got <laughs> up there adrenaline. and I came back down and I was like, did I do well? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, and yeah. I just had to ask people. I was like, objectively, honestly, do you reckon yeah. I did? And they're like, yeah, did great. That's awesome. So it was, it was awesome. So hopefully I'll, I'll know for sure when it comes out in like yeah. late January. Like yeah, whether it was watch it good I or not. Make it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah I, saw the, I saw some content that people were sharing. Yeah. What was the crowd like? Can you just see all these like um people? It was like like dimly lit, but I yeah. could still and there's lights on me, but yeah. I could still see everyone. So and I was kind of just um 
I had my dad and my friend like sitting on this side and every yeah. time I looked at them I blinked so I just had to like because they were just like grinning and they were so happy and it was just like making me smile so I yeah. just like couldn't look at them too much um but there was this one lady I remember in the crowd she was nodding like this the whole time she was there for it she yeah. really liked it which was like very reassuring yeah, but I was just yeah. like yeah go you lady everyone else they were super attentive and like everyone was just really engaged and obviously like there to learn there yeah. to be inspired so it was like the best crowd you could have is people who like just mega wholesome yeah cool. but yeah that one lady she she got me through it she was like yeah i've never thought about it like that before yeah and then i had a few people come up to me afterwards and because my whole um my speech was about how street art can be um an instigator for social change through co-creation so similar to the piece I did for International Women's Day in 2018, how I got all of the women to contribute yeah. the statement and make their own pieces and then we wheat-pasted them together. Yeah. So because I'm not curating that mural, that's like co-creation. Yeah, yeah. And then um, that way they are able to like express themselves and like have a diverse way of um, saying their opinions and yeah. then all of the opinions becomes like the product of the mural as opposed to my opinion. Yeah. yeah so, so much bigger than just one. 100%. It's like the sum of all its parts. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, co-creation. And the second one was education for participants. And that's yeah. when the participants like are learning about how to paint and like how to execute that. And then also learning through like an inspiring person. So that's when I got like Caitlin Figueredo and um, Dani Gilbert to talk to the participants for I don't know 2019 oh, oh. Um, <laughs> Caitlin's a, a women's rights activist and Dani's an indigenous yeah, rights dope. activist I have to look them up yeah, yeah yeah and they came and they talked to the girls that's the piece I did for 2019 um and then that was like the education for the participants as they got to engage with these like inspiring women directly yeah and um the third one was education for broader publics and that's similar to like the um the collab science meets street art projects where yeah. we worked with like the um the scientists to express their like research yeah 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 so um that happened for a few few years in a row in like 2017 2018 I think yeah with the eyeball piece I did yeah for I remember like in Kingston yeah yeah in yeah, Kingston, yeah I drive past it. there when I go to Megalo yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah that was like a pretty pretty good project yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's like using the interdisciplinary kind of collaboration. It can be used to yeah. educate broader publics. Yeah, that's but yeah, cool. that was my whole TED talk, and um, I think yeah, it was just hugely successful because I was kind of combining like my sociology degree and my arts degree, and it really manifested in what I was interested in, like making art about and researching. And I just didn't even realise that that was, like, the path I'd gone down on. Yeah. Because I started my degree just being, like, oh, I want to make art about social issues. Yeah. And that's why I want to do sociology as well. And then it ended up just being, like, now I'm making art that is a method methodology, methodology of how street art addresses social issues. Yeah. So it's, like, the practice of it as opposed to me making art on the subjects. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, very convoluted, but 
Yeah. Inception. That was, that was my idea. That's art, my great art-ception. idea. Inception. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I figured um, when I when I got asked to do the TED Talk, I was like, well, I don't really have a super inspiring story. Like, other than starting when I was like 16, um, I have. Well, the growth s- is pretty inspiring. I guess like so. Seeing. But I, I have pieces. supportive parents and I grew up, I had, went to a private school and, yeah. you know. That plays like definitely one part in helping you navigate that growth. But I think the growth also comes from within. Like I think mm. from like your pieces that I saw when you were like 15 to what they are now, like that's like growth in what, five years? Yeah. That's progression, five years worth of progression, which is like the result is pretty ex- exponentially like amazing. So I think that speaks kind of for itself. Like, you know, if that's what you did in five years, what are you going to do in another five years, you know? Do you ever oh. feel pressured? you got to keep raising the ceiling. Yeah. Um, I don't feel pressured. I think I just decided, like, what I wanted just earlier than other people and I think yeah. that was just, like, lucky, you know? Yeah, but it, yeah. Like, my art wasn't necessarily, like, exceptional at the time. It was just, like, you know. Just figuring your shit out. Just figuring it out. So, and I just had people around me. um, And Canberra's, like, very supportive of, Mm. like, that kind of growth. I had people around me that was, like, oh, my God, she's just a go-getter. Like, all right, I'll help you out, you know. So, like, James Horcraft, he, like, helped me out. Jeff Filmer. Yeah. I did a few painting uh, murals, like, with him. Yeah, cool. So, like, I had all these, like, people who just, like, took me under their wing and, like, taught me things. And it was just awesome to to um have that support for sure yeah that's good Mm. very wholesome super wholesome (laughs) canberra is a great place to start it is it is yeah well it's a lot different i think now there's a lot more opportunities than when say i was your age yeah but it's good Mm. I i think a lot of that now in the certainly the street art space has come out of your shop and what you've been doing do you feel that's a common story that uh, artists have come up through your shop? Yeah, a few a few people have said that. And I guess um, I guess for me, yeah, because I didn't really have these kinds of opportunities when I was a teenager and coming up, like I was always, my plan was always to go to Melbourne. Mm. Um, and pretty much when I finished art school, I think, no, when I finished college, most of my friends bounced and like they went – between Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane. And I think I was one of the only ones in my group to stay in Canberra. And I kind of didn't even really know what I wanted to do. I thought maybe I wanted to do something in the music industry or in the creative industry. And then I guess um, it just happened upon that I started just making T-shirts. And then I thought it would be cool to actually have a shop front that sells T-shirts and then I guess products made by other locals. And then it just kind of evolved from there based on like customers coming in and making suggestions and people interacting with the store and being like, why don't you try this? Or why don't you do this? Why don't you put on a party? Um, Why don't you organize a paint jam on a wall? And Mm. like, it just kind of evolved from there, but it's definitely like if my store was just like the platform, it was definitely the people that came through to really like breathe life into it. Mm. And people who I guess chose to stay in Canberra and, and help, help the vibe grow a bit more. So yeah. So I wouldn't say it's just me. I'd say it's like my customers, my friends, my family, like anyone 
who's kind of come through and interacted and been part of the fabric of the store. Yeah. I think you've been one of the most like consistent um, and like oldest local businesses though, like for that kind of like for local art and mm. streetwear and stuff like that, you know. I'm still pretty baby though. Like there's yeah. like there's land speed, like if like That's they've true. been there for so long That's and they've done so much for yeah. like music and um, I guess. Yeah, because they sell local records and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think – didn't the owner used to be a music manager? Didn't he used to manage? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not too sure either. And so so what got – what was the turning point for you to getting actually a store? Because that's a pretty big step for a lot of businesses, I would assume. Yeah, I was – what did I do? I think – oh, I had a job in the public service, um, so – I used to work at the Royal Australian Mint in product development um, and I really loved that job because it was like the role pretty much entailed, I guess, working with the coin and the graphic designers to work on a suite of products and I really enjoyed like um, being a project manager and working on a project from like inception to completion um, and I got an insight into what it would be like to make things and then put it out to market and I guess I've ne- I'm not super passionate about coins, <laughs> but I just like the idea of making things. Um, and so leaving that job, I'd pretty much start, I'd always wanted to learn how to screen print. And I started working as a screen printer's assistant and kind of learning the trade. And just to make extra income, I would help do designs for like friends in bands or like businesses, print the t-shirts, sell them online, sell them at markets. So I used to do like the university markets at ANU. I think it was every Thursday is market day or something. So I just like roll on in and set up a stall and just like sell my stuff. And I kind of used that as a testing ground for like what would sell and what wouldn't. And then um, I thought it would be cool to have a shop front, but like I, bitch was broke. Like I had no, <laughs> I had no capital. Like um, I just had no savings, um, no assets. Um, and then a a friend, I can't remember who, but whoever did like linked me to this competition that was, um, happening at the Lonsdale street traders where there was like an empty space. Um, and the whole competition was pretty much like upload your business idea. The one with the most likes gets a two week rent free pop-up. And so I pretty much like uploaded my idea, spammed all my mates and was like, please do this for me. Like, you know, help, help sister out. (laughs) Um, and then I won and it was really cool. And I got to do that two weeks rent free and then it just happened like, um, yeah, that's the space. So my store was like just around the corner there. So I think the pop-up was originally here and it was just like pretty much over that two weeks, I just got like a bunch of credit cards and just bought heaps of shit, um, and made heaps of shit and pretty much like sold a whole bunch of my like secondhand records, sold like a whole bunch of my like um, vinyl art toy collection and then pretty much just generated like a bit of a nest egg and in that time this space became empty and so I used all the money I made here to like open up in that space permanently and at the time I was sharing it with a longboard skate shop. So like the lease was like under both our names so we would share share the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Little store with my secondhand records and yeah. Shredder's board store. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then it just kind of evolved from there. 
we ended up going our separate ways because we were just vibing off different, like a different wave. Um, but yeah, I have very good memories of, I guess, those early days. Yeah. It wasn't as much responsibility back then. And because like the <laughs> lease was like temporary, it was like real flexible. <laughs> you weren't locked in like super hardcore. Yeah. So what year was that? Would have been like eight years ago. So I think it was 2012 or whatever oh date was on that. I was 13. Damn. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Little that, baby. That photo was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you get the chop um, chop shop and the Sanchez Dirty Laundry so, on South Street? So after that, so after we kind of decided to go our separate ways, the space around the corner became available. <laughs> so I just moved around the corner in the traders and that was a bit awkward at the start because it was just like, uh, see ya, hello again, <laughs> like right next door. <laughs> um, and I think that space I only had for six months and it was, um, oh, how did Chop Shop happen? Oh, yeah, the building, the same building owner um, was pretty much like the mechanics are moving out next door the space is only going to be there for like another four months. So we can't really do it, do anything with it. Um, we might use it as staff parking, but like, do you want to do something with it? And I was just like, hell fucking yeah. Like <laughs> it was like grimy AF. It was yeah. covered in oil. It stank. Like, but for me, I just saw like ideas. I just saw like, we can like have a skate ramp in this corner. We can have like a live music stage here. We can paint the walls because like the building's already so grimy. We can just like paint wherever we want. We can do whatever we want. Like when you're young, it's like who doesn't want a warehouse to just cut sick in? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And then so um, was that only up for four months? Yeah. So I think oh my God. we I had it was longer than that. Yeah, like, dude, it went so quick. So we wow. had we had um the lease, the pop-up lease for six months, but it took, yeah, we got that stop work notice, which ate into our time frame. So then it cut it down to only four months. Um, and it was just like stressful as, but yeah, we pretty much just like kickstarted to raise the funds. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Your fringe. Uh, yeah. It doesn't exist. Everyone looks so young case. there. Oh my God. Everyone's James. such babies. James is now like in America. It's in America. Holcroft. Yeah, yeah, Holcroft is in America, but um oh no, not James, Josh. That was Josh, yeah. Josh is now like a tattooist at Freestyle. And I remember like back then he was always talking about like, oh, I want to be a tattooist. So oh. it was just like really good to see that evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Just these people that come in and out of all these projects and then go on to do like amazing things. Yeah. Yeah, very wholesome. Nice to see everyone. <laughs> and and do you think that helped with like where you went after that? Um kind of that experience of Yeah, I think Cuz like, you had a lot of troubles with well not troubles but you know Yeah, you, there was I so remember many... you had like you know uh, there's some government thing that they like wanted to ban it or something. Yeah, yeah. it was really weird. So like we were just kind of like going ahead and doing this project and we we're trying to get the space rezoned so we could have like a licensed venue. And then somewhere along the way, cause we were like DIYing some of the fit out ourselves, but there were like non-structural elements somewhere along the way, someone complained about something. And to this day, I still don't know who that person was. It was an anonymous 
tip off to the government and then we like rolled into work to like keep doing our thing one day and there was this big stop work notice <laughs> on the doors of the um, driveway and I was just like, what is this? Like <laughs> I just thought because it was just a laminate laminated piece of paper I thought someone was just doing a prank and I like pulled it off <laughs> and then I like looked it up because it had like a code on there and it was like legit like um from the complaint they'd sent an inspector and something was deemed unsafe or like a process wasn't being followed it's a bit hazy for me now to remember exactly what it was but it's a temporary space anyway yeah yeah but it's just Canberra Canberra building zoning Canberra building laws and safety laws are like particularly strict. And I mean, they're there for a reason to like protect um, and make sure everything's done legit. Um, and then from that point on. Geocon. <laughs> what about Geocon? Dodgy. <laughs> Houston for sure. Yeah, there's so many dodgy. Dodgy. <laughs> if you know all how the, to all navigate. All those buildings are sinking now. Yeah. Like, that's yeah exactly. Worries, yeah. Like... Well, if you have a legal team that can navigate these holes, like <laughs> we were just a bunch of ragtag, like that's true. That's 20-something true. year olds that were like, we just want a warehouse to skate and paint in. <laughs> like, um, yeah. I think at that point we did some radio interviews because we'd had this like successful Kickstarter campaign which we'd reached our target and then the angle we were saying like it sucks because it was like obviously the people want people want this to happen and now we've hit this like, you know, um, dead end, like what do we do? And then that was when one of the ministers came on board um, and I guess saw it as an opportunity to advocate for like community projects and he helped us navigate um, the various like building codes that we had to adhere to and in the end we managed to get open like two months two months later than what we intended. And so we had to like chop and change like all our pre-scheduled events that we had. And we did lose like a lot of money. Like at that point I wasn't really making an income and neither was my business partner. And I think it, I ended up having to use some of our like house deposit that we were saving for. And then that kind of just went off into the void. And that was in hindsight, probably a bad decision, like lost a lot of money. Mm. And then we came out of it owing a lot of money and it was like super, super, super stressful um, for a temporary space. It yeah, was for a temporary space. We'd kind of like yeah. gone gone so far in that it was like we saw it as like the point of no return. We were like, yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how, but it's going to happen. Um, and I'm really glad I had that experience because I I did learn a lot about planning in Canberra um, and I've been able to kind of like pass on certain lessons and bits of information to other people looking at going down that avenue to create like a pop-up space or like mm. a licensed, a small licensed venue. Mm. Um, and I definitely think it helped. Did you end up helping out um, like Tegan with Degenerate and Six? Yeah, I helped a little bit with the Hamlet party. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, I just more like helped advise and connect with some of the artists um, yeah. that I'd kind of like um, helped nurture in those other two projects I guess yeah yeah and then she kind of she organized that with her people like she did most of the work on that and was pretty amazing at it mm. yeah I only played a small part yeah <laughs> art link up <laughs> yeah that's Canberra like people yeah. kind of like it ebbs and it flows and people cross paths and you know it's like this interchanging of skills and connections and then some people move in the same direction together or others kind of split off and go do their own thing so, oh, yeah, and then lowbrow came afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I, I watched like, this video preparing for this and was 
I was like, damn, there was a lot of like artists that were in this project. Well, the, part of this venue now. Yeah. That are still kicking around doing like awesome things. They were doing awesome things though before Lowbrow as yeah. well. Yeah, like yeah. I was a very, I was just a blip in their timeline. <laughs> like these guys were always. Yes, Kofi. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Lowbrow happened after, after Chop Shop. So I think I was like shopless for a year and a bit. And I was just trying to figure out, like I was trying to decompress Realign and figure out exactly what I wanted to do. And I was almost, almost, almost about to go back into the public service. Like I was about to concede defeat and just be like, oh, do the most Canberra thing and go back into public service. Um, and then I remembered there was this empty space above Beach Burrito um, and a few years beforehand, I'd met Jimmy, who was the regional marketing manager. You, do you remember Jimmy? No. He's, he, he's the artist Con, King of Nothing. Shout out King of Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like the coolest dude. And, um, he had been involved in some of the projects, um, or some events that I'd done back at the Lonsdale Street Traders, I think he'd helped sponsor some alcohol for some of the pop-up events. And I pretty much just remember asking him, being like, yo, is anyone going to do anything with that space? Because, like, I need a new shop home and, like, maybe we can – oh, him, this guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, maybe maybe we can work out some kind of arrangement where it's, like, part my shop, part performance space, part, um, like, dive bar that Beach Burrito essentially runs and supplies and it's, like, a branch – of their business. So they, I guess, get the kickback from the bar sales. Um, and yeah, he helped facilitate that. And yeah, I owe Jimmy a lot. Cause like I would be back in the public service if he hadn't thrown me a lifeline. Yeah. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. That's yeah. really cool. Lowbrow was great. That was, there was some great, great acts there. Yeah. It was very lo-fi. I think it was even more lo-fi than Chop Shop because mm -hmm. our sound system kept blowing, our smoke <laughs> machines kept dying. Um, <laughs> there's like this mat, like really bad cockroach problem in those buildings. Um, I think the plumbing kept like conking out. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was very, very lo-fi. <laughs> um, did you have like problems of sound restrictions and stuff in that area mm, in Greenland Place? Not so much sound restrictions. Um, just more we could – so for a venue of our size, we only had a capacity of 100 people. So it's really hard to make that sustainable um, on – you've got to get I, – I guess you've got to split it between like ticket sales and alcohol sales over the bar. Um, and then once you've like paid all your overheads, like you've paid the sound guy, you've paid your staff – You've paid the musicians, you've paid it's the artists. Tickets, it's not yeah. it's not much left to keep putting back into the business. Yeah. So for me, lowbrow was just always it was always a grind. Like, and I was doing pretty much night shifts, working on the door for free, because I was like, well, I can't. I'm like, I don't have any money to put towards this, but I have time. So instead of me taking out of, like, allocating myself a wage, like, I'll just work for free and keep it going for as long as possible, and then. It kind of reached this natural conclusion where like the bar manager at the time was moving to Sydney. I had um, a couple of family members who were unwell and I found it really hard to split my time between like family duties and keeping this bar alive. And it just kind of, yeah, it came to its natural conclusion and fizzled out, which I think was, it fizzled out at the right time 
because I think if it had kept going, I probably would have just experienced burnout anyway. Yeah, yeah 100%. So it was sad to see it. I was sad to see it end, but also I think it was the break that I needed because I was working really long hours. Like I was working day shift in the shop, and then I'd quickly go get something night. to eat yeah. and then like start prepping the bar at 7, 8 o'clock for a gig and then not getting home till like 2 or 3 in the morning and then just doing that again like over and over. So it was a pretty unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's full on. Yeah, but also I'm glad I had that experience. <laughs> Yeah. And now you're still kind of doing gallery shows and I know, Faith, you've had one at the new low venue. Yeah, How was yeah. That? Oh, it was so good. Um, we did, me and Sancho did like a T-shirt collaboration. Um, I got this idea to um, combine like abstract painting with like really geometric, clean, like screen printing. It looks so good. Yeah, it was something I was experimenting in with my normal painting and I was like, oh, I could just like do this on the T-shirts. That would translate very easily. Mm. So they ended up being really successful and like super unique. Yeah, they sold out in like an hour. Yeah. I think that's like the best performing exhibition I've had in the storefront. And I think you nearly sold every piece too, didn't you? I sold quite a few, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to like chase people down now to like, Deliver the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, did you buy up, something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're out there, please. <laughs> I have them in my car. <laughs> um, yeah, that ended up being really, really cool because this was like my first solo show as well, which is quite surprising considering like how long I've been oh, really? practicing yeah. in Canberra. But it's the first time all of my art has been in like one space like that. Mm. It was so good to see it all up there and like to be able to paint the wall mm. and the plinths and have it all. I was like, oh, so I do have a style. Okay, I yeah. see it now that it's all here <laughs> in one space. I totally, I totally get it. <laughs> it just looks so good. And I really enjoyed like, so with screen printing, it's quite like regimented in the process and like letting go of a bit of creative control and letting Faith do these abstract abstract textures that I then screen printed over was just a good um, Skillshare skill swap. And yeah, just, it was very, um, what's the word? Cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's less pressure. You could yeah. play a little bit more as well. Yeah. I think I, in the past have really held myself to like a hyper realistic, realistic perfectionism yeah. in my work. And only recently in like the past year or so have I really just, um, st started playing with, um, abstract stuff. Like that's a smudge. And like when it first happened, I was like, ah, <laughs> delete, delete. It's cancelled. Everything's cancelled. But then I kind of just learnt to just go with the process yeah. and let the paint drop however it does and yeah. smudge however and you, it does. you don't even notice and it's like a part of the final yeah, product. Like yeah. in the final piece, the final T-shirts, there were like paint in places they definitely shouldn't have been paint. <laughs> But it, it added worked. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like each one's a little bit unique and yeah, and you could tell yeah. each one was handmade yeah. and like individual, which was really cool. It, mm. So we we had so much fun with it. We ended up doing like a run of tote bags as well, which are I don't know, are they in the store? Yeah, they're in the store, they're and the hoodies store. are on the way. Hoodies, <laughs> hoodies are on the way as well. <gasps> I just had the workload of death like the last two we missed, weeks. We missed winter, <laughs> but, but you know that's winter we'll go will come into back. summer. Yeah. With hoodies. <laughs> <laughs> With the weather we've had recently, I, I think they would be 
fine. Still hoodie anyway. appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been so. <laughs> that was all part of my plan. I knew. It yeah. Was, yeah, I was just timing it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hoodies look really cool. Mm. They're super keen. But yeah, um, Sancho and Andy got to come and like paint those as well and like play and like have fun with it. And um, we shot a video as well with our. With Burrows. Burrows. Burrows Digital. It's, in, oh, yeah. it's coming. It's on its way. Yeah, it's yeah. On yeah. Its way. I like spoke to him on Instagram. I did too. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Burrows. Yeah. We're, we're very keen for that. I've been trying to get him to come in and have a chat here yeah. actually. Yeah. I think he's, he's like man. super busy. Yeah. Busy I know. Yeah. I know. He's just pumping out stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff though. We're very mm. keen. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see like... Because the piece I did for for that video only took like an hour, hour and a half, and I just really smashed it. It was super energetic and like lively. And he was just like, "Oh my god, I can barely like catch you painting," because <laughs> I'm just like constantly like going to the wall and away. So, um, yeah, that it should be like a pretty like vivacious, dynamic, dynamic yeah. video. Yeah, a lot of movement. Yes, I imagine. yes, yeah. So we, we got a couple of questions in the chat. Cool. Mm-hmm. Who's the fave? Canberra street artist, Ooh. not yourself, obviously. But <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, it's hard to pick a favourite. There's a lot of artists, like, I admire for different reasons. Yeah. I really admire graffiti writers because they – I just have no sense of, like, lettering yeah. and, like, typography. So it just, like, that amazes me because I can't do it. So, yeah, yeah I'll just, like – watch writers like for the PCYC wall I ended up going a few days when I wasn't even painting and just yeah. like watching other people paint because I just loved that was the, the best process. part of it like yeah. it's kind of like getting to like peek behind the curtains and yeah. seeing everyone's different like everyone's different technique and style and I, yeah I don't think I could pick one favorite I think I just admire so many people for different reasons for mm. like sticking like some of those graph dudes have been painting for like 20 plus years yeah and I've seen like some of their early pieces and you like get to see the evolution of style and skill um and it's just even getting to watch some of them paint live and seeing like their technique and their nozzles and like how they can flare out or oh, get it was like amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like Bois did this one piece on that wall and he went straight onto the raw brick with like no sketch, no background or anything. Yeah. And really like missed it out the can. Yeah. And it was like semi transparent and that just looked amazing because yeah. it was just it was like such a flex on his skill because yeah. there was no like you can't backspace on raw brick. Yeah, that's it. You yeah. can't undo that. Um, so yeah. that was really cool. There was a few like a really just really need to go down and have a look in real life and like yeah. look closely, like yeah. because you can just see like how, how they've used just the nat- the can's natural texture and style and technique, mm. and it's just mind blowing. Like there's a yeah. lot of can control, like, and you yeah. get to see like the blueprint of the artist on the wall. Like, yeah, yeah. There's some crazy pieces there. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I think know. we've had a very consistent you guys yarn. Got a <laughs> yeah. 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 Get back to the shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we do anyway. Yeah, like whenever we see each other, we'll, we'll be like standing in the shop, and like three hours have passed, and yeah. we're still like just talking. So yeah, that's yeah. why I wanted to get Sancho in because I knew we'd just be able to talk the oh, whole okay. time. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Awesome. Cheers. Tink. <laughs>